Welcome to the Wish Well Podcast, a women's integrative summit on health and wellness. A podcast hosted by Dr. Michelle Dang, a board-certified anesthesiologist and pain management physician with additional fellowship training in integrative medicine. This podcast will feature weekly episodes with women from all walks of life discussing their health and wellness journeys. Hi everyone, it's Dr. Michelle Dang with the Wishwell Podcast. I'm bringing to you today episode number 31, Mental Peace with Dr. Mega Agarwal. Before I tell you a little bit about Dr. Agarwal, I wanted to just check in with you all to see how you all are doing. Um, it's a little bit crazy here in the southwest part of the nation. We have had two hurricanes heading towards us. Now it's one that strengthened to a very strong hurricane. So I hope everyone is staying safe, either evacuating or hunkering down as if things just can't seem to get any worse. It seems like that, that they do. So I'm trying to check in with myself personally, giving myself some grace. And I think the title of this week's episode is pretty fitting since it is entitled mental peace. I think that that was one word that really spoke out to me this whole week, just dealing with a bunch of outside stresses. I just really wanted, wanted some sort of sense of peace. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. She and I did record this episode a few months ago. And so I want to just tell you about Mega because I think she's doing some great things and I do follow her and it's kind of an aside and she doesn't know that I'm going to say this, but I think I, I saw one of her posts in one of the groups that we're in, we're in the same Peloton physician group and she was celebrating, I believe her 500th ride and she donated some of some money to charity, which I thought was super cool. And so she is definitely an inspiration to me. I want to tell you a little bit about her. Um, she is from uh, Southern California. She's a native of South Asian Indian heritage, and she went to the University of California in Los Angeles, where she met her future husband. They now have five-year-old boy-girl twins and live outside of Los Angeles, where she currently practices cardiology. And I just wanted to briefly tell you her story and her words. She said that she became a cardiologist because there are many ways to make an impact in patients' lives from, from, from prevention to early disease treatment with medications to advanced surgical and non-invasive procedures and even transplant. With the constraints on time that she had as a practicing physician and her own personal health journey, she realized that there isn't enough time for physicians to meaningfully educate patients on preventive strategies for heart disease. This realization gave inspiration for her to develop HealthWise, a science-based resource center and accountability program that empowers individuals to develop a healthy and sustainable relationship with food. I think that it would be super cool if you can go check out all that she has going on. Her website is healthwisecoach.com and it is healthwisecoach.com. And her Instagram handle is at healthwise. Again, it's healthwise. So do me a favor, check her out. Definitely add her. And if you like what you're listening to, remember to subscribe, leave a rating and review if you are listening on iTunes. Always love hearing your comments and feedback. 
And the Instagram handle for this podcast is wishwell.health. Our blog is wishwell.health.blog. And I post the show notes on the blog website. And you can always leave me a comment. I love seeing you guys, um, your little comments and messages to me. My Instagram is Michelle Dang, uh, Michelle Dang MD. I feel like I'm stumbling over my words today, but it is what it is. So everyone, please stay safe, take care, be healthy, and I'll tune in next week. I promise next week. And um, I'll, <laughs> I'll be in a little bit better mental space. And I definitely want to give you guys some more solo episodes as well. So stay tuned and I'll talk to you all soon. All right. Hi, everyone. It's Dr. Michelle Dang with the Wish Well podcast. I'm here today with Dr. Mega Argerwal. She is a practicing cardiologist right outside of Los Angeles, California. Welcome. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for taking your time out to record with me today. I'm super excited to have you here. Um, so we'll just jump right in and get started with, you know, what couple of words do health and wellness mean to you? Yeah, so, you know, when I really think of health and wellness now, after kind of my journey over the last several years, I really think of it as a source of mental peace, which is an interesting choice of words for me, because I think up until my recent future was always kind of a source of my mental stress. So Mm -hmm. it's been a journey that's led me to change what what the industry means to me. And um and that's, it's been a great journey that has allowed me to switch really what it means. Excellent. And um, we chatted a little bit beforehand. And when I read your bio and I read the words mental peace, I really just, um, it really spoke to me. And um, I, I did read a little bit about your journey, but why don't you share with everyone who's listening um, what exactly that journey meant to you in terms of um, in medicine? Yeah, sure. So you know, after I had my children, everyone kind of holds on to some some form of baby weight. And, you know, I thought I'd done a mostly okay job of, of managing it. I was never really an overweight person after the journey. And, and then one day when I was, um, you know, had seen my primary care physician, I looked at my labs and it suggested based on my hemoglobin A1C that I was pre-diabetic. And I almost did a double take, like, are you sure you're looking at my chart? Like, I I can't have prediabetes. I already eat, you know, healthy and I exercise and this has got to be a mistake. And so at that point, I saw my my friend, Susan, who's an endocrinologist in, in my office. And I said, okay, tell me the likelihood that this is a lab error. And, and she kind of laughed and she said, well, no, you know, we kind of reviewed everything I did. And she, and she said, look, you know, you probably could eat a little better and you could probably exercise a little bit more. And then I said something that almost every single one of my cardiac patients say to me. And I, and it just like made me stop in my steps. And I said, Susan, I already eat like perfect you know there's there's just no way like this is wrong and she just kind of smiled at me she's being very patient and sweet you know and she gave me a few tips at that point she said you know I would have a big salad for lunch every day but I was buying this salad outside and so Mm -hmm. she said you know when you eat out your portions tend to be bigger so you know why don't you try 
you know, cutting down your portions, bringing your lunch from home, and some of these strategies up the amount of days you're exercising. And just with those few strategies, without changing anything major, without being any form of restrictive eating, I was able to lose weight, not even at a time when I was trying to lose weight. And so then I thought, oh my goodness, I'm like all my patients that come to the cardiologist's office with high cholesterol, who've had heart disease, who are like, no doc, my, you know, my diet is perfect. And, and it really changed the amount of empathy I approached those patients with. Mm -hmm. And um, what's been interesting is that since that experience, you know, I've just made little changes here and there, and I've never had the mindset of, oh, I, I want to lose weight. I've had the mindset of, oh, I want to be healthy. And I've let go of, of so many of these diet industry induced ideas of restriction and, and fad diets and fad foods and, and things like that. And it's allowed me to be more balanced. And I've seen the change in my health. And without using any trickery, <laughs> or magic spells, I was able to surprisingly lose weight when I didn't even really think I had weight to lose. So, so that's kind of how it became important to me. And then what I would realize is that when I would see these cardiology patients after their heart events to spend the amount of time you would need as a physician to really counsel them on how to dig through um, all the BS that's out there. It's just not attainable in the 15, 20 minutes that you get like good, effective counseling. And kind of from that, I, you know, I took it upon myself to create an outlet, a website um, to spread information on what are strategies, how to cut through the BS, um, and how to eat more uh, wisely for your health. Um, and so that was so, kind of my journey. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that journey because I think it takes you kind of experiencing that yourself in order to, like you said, develop a little bit more empathy, which we, I mean, I'm assuming many of us as physicians or as healthcare professionals um, are by nature very empathetic people, but unless you kind of walk in those footsteps, it's hard really to empathize completely. So um, I think it's, it's really such a great journey that you spoke of. And just real fast, just so that we all kind of know, um, so you mentioned um, getting your labs back after you've had your children. And so how many kids do you have? So I have two kids, uh, five-year-old twins, actually. Oh, wow. Okay. So how old were they when you were going through um, this process? So when I was going through this process, they were three years old. Okay. About three years old, yeah. And so what did health and wellness look to you at that time, right? Like, you know, around the time after you've had your children um, or even before you had your children, was that, um, you mentioned that you were never really overweight or anything like that, um, but was health and wellness and fitness and all of that a part of your life prior? Yeah, I would say, I, I would say health and wellness has been a part of my life for a long time. I mean, since I, I was a kid, um, you know, I was always very sporty and active in sports uh, throughout most of my life. But my motivation for health and wellness was to look a certain way. Um, and especially after having the kids, it was more to look like I 
hadn't had kids or, you know, to get rid of that last belly fat and, you know, and, and all the way your body changes after, after having a, a, a child. So that was a huge change in my mindset that I think actually was what allowed me to change because when, when health and wellness is guided to look like something, I, I, I mean, eventually you say, oh, well, I don't care. Oh, it's fine. Oh, okay, not a big deal. Mm-hmm. But when health and wellness, I think, is driven by your actual health um, and um, you know, cardiovascular health, metabolic health, reproductive health, then I think the motivation changes. And when the motivation changes, it, it became... It, it no longer became stressful. So when I was exercising more to look a certain way, it was mental stress. It was, oh, I had to do more cardio. Otherwise, I wouldn't burn enough calories. And, and now it's, I want to do more cardio because I love how I feel and I get into the groove and it makes me feel happy and, it, and I'm having fun. Um, and, and just changing that mindset really really led to something being a chore to something bringing me happiness and fun. Yeah. And I think um, that's so important because it sounds like you had a transition from you mentioned more of like a mental stress to having to look a certain way to that mental peace um, and that motivation and changing that motivation to actually being quote unquote healthy. And do you think that it was that day where you got your labs back and you realized that you needed to make a change or do you think it was a gradual process for you? Yeah, no, I mean, it was definitely that day was an eye opener. And it was like, no, I have to make a change because I have these two little children that I love. And I know as a cardiologist, the implications of just prediabetes, you know, Mm -hmm. we're we're learning so much more about it as a disease process. I mean, if I have a patient who's had a cardiac event, and they have the same hemoglobin A1C that I I had, I would say, oh, well, okay, that's probably contributing, you know, Mm -hmm. so I know what the long term consequences of it are. And I want to see these kids graduate high school and go on to get married and, and babysit their kids. So I want to take good care of myself so that I, I can do it for them and for me being around so I can enjoy them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I definitely can can relate to that somewhat. Um, my, I personally don't. I, I've had my labs checked. I'm fine, but I have a strong family history of cardiac, uh, cardiovascular disease, and so that was really part of my motivation to really get more into health and wellness. And I think it's wonderful all the. Um, different um, opportunities out there in terms of different specialties now that we didn't have access to before, like lifestyle medicine, obesity medicine, all of this that, you know, five, 10 years ago when I was going, I don't know when you went through training, but when I was going through my training, it really wasn't a big thing as it is now. Um, So talk to us a little bit about, so um, I want to get into um, creating the outlet to spread the information. Um, How did you start kind of thinking outside the box and thinking about um, getting to a point where you wanted to be able to educate your patients more? Yes, so that's a great question. So I, you know, when I would see these patients in the office, I, I would start there and I would, you know, when they would say to me, you know, doc, I just, I'm doing everything right. It doesn't make sense. I would tell them, all right, I believe you. Sometimes we just have to tweak little things here and there. So write down everything that you eat 
and uh, you know how much activity you do for a week for two weeks and then come back and let's review it you know and i and i would sit there and i would review it with them and we would see simple little changes you know switching out your fruit on your toast in the morning instead of jam um, yeah so switching out your jam for fruit on your toast in the breakfast and and i would end up spending oftentimes more than the time I had allocated for the appointment with the patient. And I would start to see improvements in the patients, like little mnemonics I would give the patients to remember. They would remember it and they would come back and they would lose weight. I mean, I've had a few patients who had reversed their diabetes just with learning more about what they were eating wrong. And so I thought, wow, well, you know, it's, it's actually worth it to spend the time counseling patients but I just you know I just don't have the time within the day to do it well enough and mm -hmm. so I, I found myself kind of repeating many of the similar themes so I said okay well what if I were to collect all that information on one website that not only me but all other physicians could use to kind of guide patients with you know chronic cardiovascular conditions endocrine conditions to kind of go back to and 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 uh see if they could apply any of that information um, mm -hmm. to losing weight or being healthful or changing their cholesterol profile. And so that, that's where, you know, the concept really kind of came from. Okay, awesome. So this is a website that you direct your patients to go to? Um, so it's, it's more and it's kind of, um, uh, I'm still kind of building the website and it's, a website that I actually uh, tell my colleagues about. And so if they find that there's information there that they could, uh, you know, their patients could find useful, that um, they can go and kind of search the site. I will post recipes and, you know, I not recipes I've created myself, but there's such a plethora of recipes on, mm -hmm. online. And sometimes you look through these recipes and they have this like 15 second video of how they quickly make the recipe. And you're like, oh my goodness, that looks amazing. I want to make that. And yeah. then you kind of start going through what's involved in the recipes and and the nutritional information, you're like, wait a second, that recipe looks great, but that's not super, super healthy for me, or that's, you know, got going to have more fat than I should probably be intaking. So I kind of take all the recipes that are out there from all these amazing recipe bloggers, and I just say how you can tweak these recipes to make mm -hmm. them a little more hypertension friendly or a little more, um, uh, coronary artery disease friendly or a little more heart failure friendly or a little more diabetic friendly. Um, just so, again, you know, eating doesn't have to be too much of a, of a deviation from what you normally would eat. Awesome. I mean, that's just a, such a great idea. Um, and so is it just you that um, has created this recipe? Do you have other people to collaborate as well? Yeah, no, right now it's just me. Uh, curating these recipes. Um, and then um, also I have a component on there that deals with a lot of mindfulness approach to um, eating. So why we're eating, uh, for example, you know, with everything going on with the coronavirus and right now just everyone's stress level being high and the level of uncertainty that it's okay if we're stress eating, you know, but to mm -hmm. acknowledge that 
that is what we're doing and that it is not a manifestation of a lack of willpower because when you change the conversation as to why you're doing the behavior you're doing it allows you to work towards finding a solution if you think the problem is your willpower then you know you're just going to try harder next time whereas mm -hmm. if you think it's okay i'm stressed you're going to say well what else can i do to relieve my stress and therefore find another another solution so you know i kind of review some of these strategies and and just to make people identify when they're eating when they're not hungry um and and some of these other kind of social strategies that we've kind of made eating automatic so to help us thwart some of those things. Awesome. So what do you think is next for, um, so this is HealthWise. This is your, your separate website. Yes. Yeah, so this is healthwisecoach.com. Um, mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, from that, I, from that, I've been, you know, so I have the, the recipes, kind of the mindfulness, and then I also have uh, for anyone who needs a little more kind of one-on-one -on -one tutoring um, and, and accountability kind of coaching program that you can sign up for, whether that's reviewing your week of intake and seeing what little uh, tricks you can make to, to, to change uh, your intake profile or, or if you need more kind of one-on-one -on -one coaching. You know, sometimes I find that there's just so much information out there and you just don't know what you should follow and what you shouldn't follow. So if sometimes someone helps you, uh, you know, helps you learn to ride that bike, then you can go and ride it yourself. But sometimes some people just need a little help learning how to get on that bike for the first time. Yeah, yeah. So how did you uh, come up with, so um, you were in, you're practicing full-time um, doing cardiology, is that correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so um, how did you find time to balance all of this with twins who are young and coming up with this very um, novel idea for this website with coaching and mindfulness eating and recipes? Um, how did you manage to do all of that? I know. How you was know, that mental piece for you? <laughs> sometimes I ask myself that question too. I will mm -hmm. say this. I will say that ever since I've had kids, I've I've realized how much more I do in a given day that I sometimes think, what the heck was I doing in my 20s? Like I had all this time mm -hmm. that I could have used and I was wasting so much time. Um, and, you know, if I did half of what I do now back in my 20s, who knows? Who knows what would have happened, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I think I've just become super well at time managing and starting my day before the kids get up and continuing my day after they go to sleep. So I, you know, the only way to get my workouts and all that stuff in is I'm, I'm up 5, 5.30 in the morning um, before I definitely am, am with the kids in the morning and before I'm out the door to work. And, um, and luckily the kids go to sleep uh, by 7.30 and stay in bed till about 6.30. So that gives me a few hours of time um, in the evening. So, I mean, it's, it's evolving. I'm learning better and better time management skills. I mean, meal prepping has become huge. Uh, you know, Sundays are like a day where I just, you know, I tell my husband, you know, you watch the kids for an hour. I need to set the menu, write out the grocery list, you know, get it prepped and chopped just so we can start the week off right. So um, it's definitely, it's, it's definitely been 
a fun challenge. I mean, my kids are also a little older, so a little more self-sufficient. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think I could do it with one-year-old twins, that's for sure. <laughs> well, my son is 11, and um, so he is pretty independent, but by far, I feel like um, many of the women that I've interviewed on the podcast, there's two things that many, many have recommended waking up early uh -huh. and yeah. uh and they've mentioned meal prepping and those are probably two of the hardest things for me i love to cook meal prepping is always hard i think you have yeah. to be very focused and really you know focus on uh, what you want to plan out for the week and then you know being able to go and get those groceries and then the waking up early it's just it just becomes a healthy habit and i think healthy habits come with you know waking up early also with um what you're eating and with movement or exercise so i think yeah. those are like very good positive habits um and so do you feel now um you are more at peace you have more mental peace now than say you know five years ago oh absolutely i mean mental peace um i just feel that I, and I also kind of feel stronger. So I feel like I'm able to handle more as things kind of get thrown my way. I have, you know, I know how to kind of access what I need when I need help. And, and so just my life feels more balanced and that brings me mental peace. And, um, and I think, you know, my nutrition is more balanced and that brings me mental peace. So all these things, I don't feel like I'm oscillating anymore the way I was when I used to restrict what I ate or or when exercise was inconsistent. So mm -hmm. definitely, I feel that I, everything's kind of in a rhythm and it has a flow and, mm -hmm. and that in and of itself offers mental peace. So one question, last question that I do want to ask you, you mentioned um, earlier um, all the time that we had in our 20s that we didn't take advantage of. So my question is, if you could go back to Mega in her 20s, what are three things or, you know, a couple things that you would tell her? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I would, one thing I would tell her is, it's okay, eat that it's not going to make you fat. And, and I, when I was in my twenties, I did a lot of, I'm not going to eat this for a year. I'm going to, you know, uh, cut out this food and that food and stuff. And, and I feel I had a lot of fear phobia, uh, like food phobia. And so one thing I would say to my 20 year old self is eat it. It's okay. Live it up. Enjoy it. You know, mm -hmm. um, don't feel bad about it. Um, what else would I tell myself? I would kind of say it's, it's, it's going to be okay. You know, like, mm -hmm. just don't worry about it. It's, it's all going to turn out okay. Because I think in your twenties, you're like, you know, am I going to get into med school? Am I going to get into residency? What do I want to do with my life? Am I going to meet somebody I, I, I will love and fall in love with and be happy with? and you just have so many doubts and concerns and and I'm not saying I don't have doubts and concerns now but I would just tell myself it's okay it, mm -hmm. it, it really is going to be okay and and it's not going to be perfect but you're yeah. you're going to be fine <laughs> yeah um and then I don't know I mean what else would I tell myself ah enjoy my warm cup of coffee because definitely once I had my kids um, you know, 
you just never get to your cup of coffee before it gets cold. And that's kind of one of the reasons I wake up early in the morning too, just to still have that coffee when mm-hmm. it's hot, but it wasn't the same as it was in my twenties. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, I think those are great things that you could tell yourself back then. I think there's a lot of things that I would tell myself back then as well. Um, well, we are just about out of time, <coughs> excuse me, um, and I just want to make sure that you have the opportunity to share with our listeners how they can reach you. Yeah, sure. So if you're interested in any of the tips that I've talked about or learning about recipes and how you can make them more health-wise, you can go to my website, which is www.healthwise with a W-Y-S-E, uh, coach all one word, healthwisecoach.com. You can also follow me on Instagram where I'll post every day kind of what I do for exercise and what I what I eat and how I tweak things to be healthwise. And my Instagram handle is just healthwise, um, W-Y-S-E. Um, and if you have any questions, you can always email me at healthwisecoach at gmail.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking your time out to record with me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wish Well podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe and follow along every week for new episodes. You can find us on Instagram at wishwell.health and at our website, wishwell.health.blog. Until next time, I wish you health and I wish you wellness.